Welcome to another episode of the Digital Calm. Clay Lowe here, and I'm here with Naomi, as you can see if you're watching this on YouTube. And it is your opportunity to sit back and relax and contemplate the big and small questions of life. That's what we're about here at the Digital Calm. Contemplation, the art and practice of, which we talked about in depth last week. We so did. what have you been up to um, since our last visit in the studio? I've been up to so much. I have not stopped. I think I've been doing a lot of uh, mummy things. I hope you stopped because well, yeah, we I talked know. about taking time out. Last I know week we for do some contemplation. So I've hoped you had some moments so, to yes, contemplate. I have. Yeah, I promise okay. I have. I have. That's I actually did. In fact, you'd be particularly proud of me. Um, because I actually took a couple of hours out and did a really in-depth uh, meditation and now you're talking about the journal. It was really interesting because it was a full moon yesterday mm. uh, or hang on, what day is it Tuesday? Yeah. It was a, well, it was a full moon early hours of yesterday morning here in the UK. And nice. that's always a good time to have a reflection, decide what you're going to let go of what's come to completion right. um, and to to reflect and, and review and see kind of the progress that's been, been, got, been going on. And normally, like, because I really love the moon. So normally you would do that kind of just for the preceding kind of few weeks. But yesterday was quite a special full moon because it was in Pisces and the new moon from Pisces was six months ago around about the spring equinox. And now, of course, we're around about the autumn equinox. So actually, this has been not just about reviewing the last few weeks, but it's actually been about reviewing the last six months. And really, mm -hmm. it's very, very interesting. I can feel a lot of things are, are changing, and I'm ready for a lot of things to change. So, yes. Ready for some change. Ready for some change, indeed. There's so a good song the, about being ready for change. Mm, go on. No, no. It's, I'm sure it's, there's several. It's, <laughs> It's not for this. It's not, it's not for this show to play on this one. I don't think, but um, but uh, it's a one great of your one. other shows. Yeah, it's just something about everybody could use some change. But it's a metaphor. Isn't he's in the waitress, and his his girlfriend doesn't want to give the uh, waitress any uh, change or a tip, basically, because you know she wasn't a very good waitress. But he's like everybody deserves some change, even though she was bad at doing what she was doing. <laughs> so it's you quite know, a good song. That do you know what? Maybe one week we should pick a song, or maybe pick I don't know five songs and discuss those and the the metaphors behind them because that mm. could be quite interesting and just something slightly different than we normally talk about. Yeah, it's a lot of good stuff. Mm. A lot of stuff I listen to in the morning has um, nice messages in it. The one that I've been playing on repeat today is called "The Shame of Life," and uh, that's got some interesting uh, metaphors in it as well. So yeah, it's good stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, what? Oh, well, yeah. Um, so, so do you want to tell us about your week before we dive into this week's topic? Yeah. So in terms of you know things I've been exploring this week, um, I've been looking at several things. I know we're going to talk about one that's been on my mind um, tonight, but I've been looking into things like mind hacking um, and um, what else was what else? I'm just quickly scanning through my notes here mind hacking has probably been the the bigger one and i'm doing some stuff on appreciative inquiry which is about uh conversation and focusing on the best of what it is so that actually that actually fits in nice with what we do on a digital com in terms of conversation so um but it's you know you can use it on a personal sense but 
is quite big with change in organizations and facilitating conversations that change minds, basically. Um, so that's been interesting. And maybe we'll do an episode on appreciative inquiry because it's a great methodology because, um, you know, we tend to focus on the things that are wrong or our weaknesses mm. as opposed to focusing on the strengths and building on those strengths. So it's good. So, yeah, so that's been, I mean, work-wise, it's been busy as always, but uh, uh, reflecting-wise, been a lot of got a lot of stuff brewing. So a lot of conversations I think we'll be having coming up uh, in relationship to things I've been uh, exploring or that are in the percolator right now. Great stuff. Uh, I am so looking forward to, uh, well, one, this conversation um, this evening because we're going to be talking about identity. And I know we've talked about identity um, in previous episodes because it always comes and plays itself back in. But I think from... um, for some of the work that we were doing during a break, um, you know, I spent some time thinking about that whole sort of identity piece. This podcast itself has had its sort of evolutions and turns and trying to figure out what it wants to be, its identity. And so it, it's it's a conversation that, and I'm going to turn it on its head at least some um, wanting to approach identity from a different angle, I think, where is kind of where I'm, I'm at um, with it. So, shall we do? Let's do a, an intro tune because uh, I didn't play an intro tune to start, but just let that percolate in your in your in your minds as as you're listening uh, to the podcast and just think about identity and um, like what. If you if you were to self-identify right now and declare what your identity is, what would that be? So we'll let that question uh, percolate, and we're going to listen to Soul to Souls, Get a Life. Now what's the meaning of the line? Tell me Well it's like dreaming of your goals, ambitions I'm feeling free, I'm on this mission to achieve Achieve what? What's in your mind? I What you believe you should gain Satisfaction become a shining example A test as a sample of a new race A example supply positivity You mean flow? Well like electricity So You see a clear way with no ambiguity Don't you know?
So there it is. Work it out for yourself. Yeah, be selective, be objective, be an asset to the collective. Cause you know you gotta get a life. mind and free your soul that's what i'm trying to do here that's what i'm trying to do but there's some reason why i want to do a podcast like this i'm trying to elevate my mind so i can free my soul <laughs> that's the mission i'm on that is the mission outstanding so identity um where are we starting on that? You were going to, I think you were, you had something about, I, well, I'll tell you what, let me tell you yeah. why I came across the topic. Perfect. A, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Given that you came up with it, what started you off on this and where have you started to go with it? Because obviously, you know, you've been ruminating on this for a while. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what started it was, was this podcast and thinking about what, you know, what do we want to do with it? What, and how, how to read, how this podcast fits into um the rest of the ecosystem of clay low and what he does um and you know that and i'm referencing back to simon sinek here and i think i maybe mentioned in the introduction he has this book or well, he's got a concept called star at wine he did a ted talk how great leaders inspire action and he reveals to folks about the golden circle and that, you know, if you want to inspire people uh, to buy, to follow you, um, to listen to your ideas, then, you know, you start with why. You start from the inside out versus, you know, starting with the what or the how. And as I was thinking about the why and starting from the inside, and it just dawned on me that, and, and you know, looking at the book and, and maybe he just makes an assumption that you've already figured out the what and the how. I was thinking if I start with the why, I don't even know what I do. So in figuring out my relationship with the podcast, it's like, well, what if, why I do it, but I need to know what I do. So that's what made me question. My question was, do I begin with the why or should I actually begin with what? As in, what do I do? And then I can back my way into the sort of identity and the sort of why. So I think the question I was trying to ask or answer or contemplate was the fact that um, can I start with the why, the what, sorry, to figure out what my identity is. And then once I have the identity, because identity informs um, what we do, 
then I could be more clear about, you know, that I could do the different things to kind of make that identity congruent, if that makes sense. So that's where this, this sort of started. So that's, I think, really interesting. I re-listened to Simon Sinek's, uh, whether it was his audiobook, I think I re-listened to the audiobook uh, last summer, not the summer just gone, but last summer, so 2020. And as I was listening to it, I remember kind of feeling, you know, I was very infused. I was energized by it. My sort of the, my energetic head, if you like, kind of cleared and it felt good. And I was, yes. But then when I actually went away and, and kind of said, right, so, so now what? I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, I was kind of like, well, I'm not quite sure. So a very, similar I'm sure differently done um, but it was the same kind of concept which was well I need to know what the how always comes later once you've got your what but I couldn't quite get it and maybe that's because I mean I'm such an advocate of course of, of Stephen Covey and you start with the end in mind um, but yeah I actually although I'm very enthusiastic about Simon Sinek and his work and start with why I can't really get my head around it yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with the concept. In fact, I I trained the concept out. Um, I think it was just so. I'm I guess my challenge that I was challenging myself was to flip it the other way around and start with the what. So I mean, essentially, with you know, he's you know thinking about you know if you're trying to inspire people, it's more about why you're doing what you're doing, not necessarily about what you do. And so that people, you know, and we talked about this, you know, people buying people, they want to buy into you. So who are you and what do you stand for? And those sorts of kind of questions that come out of the the why center. And then they'll be interested in, you know, what you do and how you do it. So I get that. Um, and, and I think, you know, as I was looking at, re-looking at his golden circle, I think there's just a, a natural assumption. And he kind of says it in his talk as well, that all the companies, that you already know what you want to do. So it's probably not a model to use if you're trying to figure out um, you know, what it is that you, what, yeah, what do you do? What do you, what do you do? If you're trying to figure out what you do still, if you're still in the figuring out what you do stage, then the model may be premature, um, in that sense. And, and it's almost like, um, you've got the model, but I'm going to start with understanding the why and craft my messages around that to, um, attract people. So I get that. Um, but but it was good that I had that thought, I guess, and the question to say, okay, well, let's bump back into the what. But then that led me to that led me to the uh, Robert Diltz's. In fact, he didn't come up with the logical levels, but he talks about them a lot. Um, but there's a concept of the logical levels, um, and for those who aren't familiar with logical levels, um, used a lot in NLP. I think Robert Diltz is a big proponent of the logical levels. Um, so I started rereading this book, Structure of Belief. And logical levels, if you just imagine a triangle, on the bottom of that triangle, the bottom uh, rung, the base, is the environment. So, And that is where you do it, when you do it. So it's the physical things that are around you. Then moving up to the next layer in the triangle would be behavior. So this becomes what you do. Then moving up from that is capabilities, and that's about the how. And then you've got beliefs and values, which is about the why. 
And then in the next level, the very top of it is the identity, the the who aspect. And I think there's some work on it a little later on. So the, that's where the original triangle stops in terms of, and, you know, I'm saying logical levels. Some people call it neurological levels. Um, it stopped that identity, but now there's another part to that triangle that goes to the further apex, which is about spirituality, which then becomes the awareness of ego. But we won't go into that tonight. I'm going to stop at the original triangle top, which was identity. Um, and so the reason why I was thinking, if I start with the with the what, so if I looked at my life now and say, well, where, what do I consistently do on a day-to-day basis? How is my time consumed? What is it that I'm actually doing? Um, yeah, go ahead. So is it what you're doing or is it the impact of what you're doing? No, it's what I'm doing. So, for instance, you know, I was looking at this and I'm thinking, you know, a writer writes, a trainer trains, a coach coaches, doctor heals people, architect builds buildings. So what am I doing um, throughout my days and weeks and time? What are the things am I doing? Because if I can figure out what I'm doing, then perhaps then I can find that, you know, what is that that I'm doing? So what's the what, what's the identity bit of that? If 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 identity drives behavior as identity and drives what you do so if i self-identify as a as a coach for instance then you know my capabilities and my behaviors and the things that i'm doing consistently then well should be coaching the coach coaches that's his and so then i could look at capabilities and skills i need to develop to be a better coach i can look at you know the sort of beliefs and values that might underpin and help support the structure of being a coach if I'm you know if I'm an architect same thing um so I think that's what what I was curious about to think okay well because you think about it so you know if you look on your bios and I don't know what's on your sort of twitter bio or your face wherever your social media profile is and you know and, and this is just the concept of um at least you know, sort of Britain and the U.S. and the like, and other places, although some places in the world I've been, they don't go this place. But when you meet someone, you know, it's, you know, it's like, who are you and what do you do? And then the what do you do is the label that then becomes who you are. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm Clay Lowe, I'm a coach. So then that's what people then have as a label. And then whatever association they have with that label, then that's what they assign to me and, you know, they create a picture and the and um an, a, the archetype of a coach. You know, they put whatever whatever image that they have associated with a coach. That's what they then paint on top of me mm. on that that aspect. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I've always resisted labels because I'm quite a Renaissance guy. I like I'm like you know the whole sort of Renaissance man, cl- classic case of as and I can do anything and everything and I'm happy to learn how to do stuff. And so I don't, you know, I'm not good with, uh, I haven't in the past been good with, you know, a label that says, you know, you're this thing. Cause then that for me feels that then people, then they stop seeing me as the full boundary of who I am or the full capacity of who I am because they start to identify me with, um, with the label. 
hold on to whatever thought you was getting ready to do. <laughs> Unless you have a question. No, go for it. What do you got? What's your question? No, no. I, no, well, no, no, do, do. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, only if I've actually got a question. Um, or a thought. Uh, the mind. thought that, that came in was, it was interesting. Recently I heard, and I can't remember if it was in Italy or Spain, um, that you know, basically sort of talking about childhood friends or lifelong friends. And what was being said was that, you know, these friends may not have a clue what you do for your job because they never talk about that's work. Story. Well, exactly. And I <laughs> thought, no, isn't that I mean, that's, really that's interesting? The, that's the story I told you. Oh. My, my time in Spain. Oh, there you go. So it was Spain then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I Spain, couldn't remember because yeah. I have a friend who's half Italian and I was yeah. thinking, no, no, what's it, it him? <laughs> it was a, no, no, it was Spain. And I went, I was doing some, um, I was uh, doing some recon for the ascent program that I ran, run. And I went through in the wintertime to um, Yorka and everything. I never knew this, but I got there. And I couldn't find a place to stay because <laughs> it was winter. So everything was closed down. All the big giant, because I went there, we, go, we went there on holiday before. And, you know, it's like tons mm -hmm. of places to stay. But wintertime, everything is shut. So I was getting desperate. It was like I drove all around the island looking for a place to, to, to sleep. But everything was closed. So finally I thought, okay, well, they have a major airport that I flew in. They've got to have a hotel at the airport. So I was making my way back to the airport uh, and then just a few miles out from the airport, I, I was along the beach and I was just seeing the hotel and it was open. I was like, wow. And I stopped in there um, and stayed. And, and it turns out that the, you know, the and I got to get good friends with the uh, proprietor and then his daughter did the night shift. Um, so I used to come and talk to her and we'd be talking and it turns out she'd been to the States. And, you know, one of the conversations, as you were just saying there, that we got into was was the fact that um you know in the states it's what do you do and what university did you go to that's, that's what everybody true. wants to know um and she was saying that you know in spain or at least in her little community there you know she's got friends that lifelong friends and she doesn't know what they do because that's not a part of their greeting that's not a part of their ritual um to say you know well, what do you do oh, and what university did you go to um, so I found that very interesting that, and, that, you know, that, that that was that concept. And, you know, back to that whole sort of label thing for me and, and identity thing that was I, at that time I was really tied to the idea that what you do is who you are, mm. uh, which has its own set of problems <laughs> mm. when you are tied to um, when the thing that you do defines who you are or you let it define kind of who you are um, but I want to I want to explore that some more because I'm I'm now two things as a result of this uh, contemplation uh, exercise around identity is rethinking my um, position on labels okay and then re-evaluating the whole idea about the the do and the identity but let's listen to some leaning in by Blue States as you let that percolate.
Me say you love it, got a hold on me, girl. Me say you love, got a hold on me. I ain't say you love, you got a hold on me, girl. I say you I love, but not another. Baby, you may change, but I will never. I love you, little girl, until the great rock never. I wanna wanna set you a door, tell her. Stop thinking of things to do. Steal a moment, take a few. Yep. Uh. Sit back and enjoy the view. You got to learn how to lose control. Time for a change to free. I keep you love like you gave to me. Well, in your mind, you say ready. But in your heart, you say take it slow. Original you, Brown. From King Tommy's social release days, you know. to take it slow on the digital calm you gotta take it slow chill out <laughs> you know when i'm picking a playlist i'm generally when i'm listening to a song i'm thinking can i sit and like write to it or work to it can i have it in on um while i'm doing one of those sort of characteristic or one of those things or just contemplating stuff um so yeah if you're wondering how things make it into the playlist that's <laughs> that's all it makes like if i put my rock on that's time for action and get up and do stuff but when i put this kind of music on it's for chilling and thinking <laughs> and i think it's really important you mention that and actually whilst we were listening to those two songs um it made me think oh actually the reason we're doing two songs together is so that if people want to get out their journal or a piece of paper or notes on their phone or whatever and actually jot down some ideas that are coming to them um you know or anything that they want to explore later on or you know and actually and we haven't said that this week that that's kind of a uh, a space for people to do that um, and obviously we're not saying anybody has to do anything. We're just saying we're offering you this space, whether it's to sit back in your chair and let your thoughts float by or whether it's to to actively engage with them by journaling or some other method. Absolutely. So um, this idea that I'm about to turn on its head for, for me personally, I'm, you know, again, I'm, you know, this why business and the identity business and, um, as I said, I used to really dislike labels. Um, I kind of sided with sort of Kierkegaard, a Danish philosopher who said, you know, once you label me, you negate me. And basically he was saying, once you label someone, you kind of cancel out their individuality and then you end up replacing it within the boundaries of that label. So the individuality has then become restricted within that label. Um, and then the people then who accept that label for you are no longer accepting you as a person and for the person that who you really are, but they only understand you through the limits of that label. And I just hated the idea 
of that. It's like, you know, yeah, I'm a coach and I'm a trainer and I'm a this and a that because I can do lots of things. Um, I'm not just limited. I'm more, I'm more than just a 2D character. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm editing that now, I think. Yeah. As in you're editing the thought that having a label negates you. Yeah. Or, or yes, yes. I still think that, but I'm editing my relationship to it. So I have a belief that, you know, when we say identity, it's actually a self-identity. So I can give myself whatever identity that I want. So that's why I've been referring to things as self-identify. So I can self-identify as a facilitator or a trainer um, or like. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with switching identities. But what what I've come to realize is that one, uh, while labels do negate you from another person's perspective, and if you let it negate you, it can, I think, you know, from a herd mentality think, uh, people need the label in order to know how to respond to you. Um, and if you're, you know, an independent business person like myself, you know, and you yourself, um, because ultimately, you know, we need clients and we need customers, they need to know how uh, to relate to that. So they need to know that I'm, you know, I'm a coach or a trainer or a facilitator so that they know how to respond to that. If they can't tell that, if they don't have a sense of certainty of of that label that's negating all your other things, then they're going to seek certainty elsewhere. Um, so, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. So I totally agree. And, and, and I've obviously had a very similar, well, not necessarily very similar, but I've had a similar kind of thought process over the years. So I don't want to be pigeonholed. Um, because that is kind of, well, if you can only see this bit of me, then how do you know the real me? But actually, do people need to know all of us or do they just need to know the bit that's relevant to them at that time? And you're absolutely right, Claire. I mean, you and I are both self-employed. So people need to understand what we do rather than who we are they will decide with a kind of a, a gut feeling if they like us or not or if they can trust us which is really what's important you know can i trust you to do this job whatever this job may be but if they don't know what we do if they don't have that label then they can't fit us into the hole the that box. they're looking to fill <laughs> exactly but but people need to put us in a box i mean that's yeah. the thing you know we can't say that we are you know actually i'm a you know, a financial, uh, I was going to say, even, you know, you can't say you're a financial whiz. Um, you know, you need to say, actually, I'm a forensic accountant. And then people can understand, ah, okay. And that's, that's all they need. And if you think about it, when we're training, you know, it's rare that we would discuss or share or kind of deliver everything all at once. We start with the journey at the beginning and then the learning and the development kind of unfolds, we might facilitate that using our coaching skills um, or our facilitation skills or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. I think I always had a, just a philosophical mm. disagreement with it. It wasn't a logical bit. It was a, it was when I was in my pure Morpheus mode as in I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to wake everybody up. Like, why do you have to, be a robot 
and you need that. Why can't you be enlightened and evolved and have a bigger thinking um, than that? So that I was coming from an idealistic place that says, actually, do you are you aware that you are limiting your own mind by having to need this this label? Uh, and so that's where I was coming from. It wasn't the fact that, you know, I wanted people to know who I was. I wanted people not to be confined. I wanted people not to be part of the herd. I wanted people mm. to be independent thinkers. I wanted people to, you know, be a, 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 a level above the herd thinking, the herd mentality. And so that was the crusade that I was under. And hence why I resisted it personally, because I was like, well, I don't want to be bound down to you know, being controlled um, in that way. So I was trying to wake everybody up. Now I don't care if you guys all sleep, so stay asleep if you like. <laughs> <laughs> and and you see, and again, I thought about this long and hard because, you know, it's not, in, in my belief, and, and obviously you've got to this point in a different route than I have, it's not our job, if you like, or it's not our role to wake people up, as in not to actively. But if we present and if we share our thoughts like we do on the Digital Calm and through particularly your blogging um, and your presence on social media, then don't we have those... radicals though, like Jesus did and all these other guys, they woke people up. You know, you yes, know what but, I mean? Yeah, they Jesus... woke people up. I'm just using, I'm not comparing myself to Jesus. I'm saying, you know, in my head, and other, my, my favorite philosopher, of course, Nietzsche, it was like, yes, wake people up. Hence the role that I wanted to play. So I'm not saying yeah. that you're not waking people up. I'm no, just I'm saying, saying that I wanted that... to directly do it. This, I know yeah. what you're just and, saying. And it wasn't that's our kind of the bringing the ego yeah. into it. But it, it was, it was, was it ego? Well, ego is kind of almost in everything. I don't think it was the ego thing. It was like, it was like, it was like a mission as in, you know, make, you know, that this okay. is something that I had it to do, which is, you know, I mean, you look at, I guess it was just that, that space to say, okay, well, here's, here's a, a mission that I want. You know, people are passionate about a lot of different things. And for me, it was like, you know what? If I could just get people to see, and, and I've, you know, and there's just loads of people that I've interacted with, and they've been like, oh, yeah, and we've kind of moved, and they've kind of come out of that space, which was great. I think I I just kind of got to a place where, um, where, and it's probably me, I've just gotten tired of the crusade. Um, so maybe that's a bad thing that I've gotten tired of the crusade, <laughs> and now I'm just becoming an ordinary Dude, because I'm tired of the crusade. Nobody could ever <laughs> accuse you of being an yeah. ordinary dude. But yeah. I think actually what you're saying, it very it very much replicates. If you think about people when they first find NLP or when they, which is neuro-linguistic programming in case um, people who are listening don't know, when people first become coaches, like you can see it now. It's so obvious. It's like a, a kindergarten child trying to uh, hide sweets, you know, you see it and so you see people go out and they want you know in every conversation they want to coach people and, and they want to to share their knowledge and it's fantastic and it's it's really lovely to see that enthusiasm and that zeal but then as time goes on i think you know there's a a realization a, a, a i suppose it's a maturing in the understanding oh, that, giving up because well, I'm just, I'm just yeah, thinking of yeah. crusaders i'm thinking of people who want to change the world who never give up because if they gave up we wouldn't be where we are, but they kept going despite. Whereas I'm, and maybe I'm being hard on myself to say, well, I've just given up. 
because I wasn't moving fast enough or making the change in the world that I wanted to do. And so it's like, all right, well, forget that then. I'll find something else to do. <laughs> Where so, some other people, you know, they do stay the course to. For what it's worth, I don't yeah. think you have given up. I think you're just finding different mediums nah, because no, all I've your information, <laughs> no, but all your information is out there and it's out there for people to share. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if you're talking to somebody and they're not ready to be awoken in the way that you're, Kind the of way that I, want them to. I want them to be unplugged you'll shut them down or but, you'll freak them out and that's in my in my mind that's irresponsible that's unhealthy so yeah. it is about meeting people where they're where they are where they're ready yeah. to be met be in the, if i was playing my role of a coach i would say yes but remember i wasn't trying to be a coach i was trying to be a, a radical revolutionary well that's a whole different ball exactly game. so you know, <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to you know, I wasn't looking to be a, a coach and to help people. I wasn't trying to be a healer or a coach or any of that things. I was just wanting to be a radical thinker and, you know, it's like some of my heroes, you know, <laughs> just to say, you know, boom, I'm going to poke you right between the eyes and make you wake up. <laughs> so, but that was, you know, that was a whole, that wasn't another game. And, I, you know, I guess, you know, maybe idealism or um, what have you, it, could have been a part of that um, i don't know anyway so that's that so that was that was then the now of it is um you know relooking this idea about the you know the uh, label and looking at the label from not so much that people can put me in the box and know how to relate for me but to help me to uh, just to help me with my on the rest of the logical level so if i'm have a clear sense of the i'm you know i'm going to self-identify as this so in order to be that here are the capabilities that i need um here's the environment that i need around me to make that happen um you know here's some beliefs and values i need to hold so that this this self-identified self um can be congruent um yeah i mean and so that's kind of where i've moved to with that and not for others but for me so that i can understand how to construct the things around me um so that i have this congruency or integrity um about you know about my whole of my sort of being um and some of it comes down to the fact of, you know, I I still hold that, that model of um, to do, to, you know, that make your work and your play one and the same so that, you know, no one, you don't really, for you, there is no distinction between your work and your play. Um, from this, and, you know, part of the driver behind that was the fact that we spend so much time at work. So it's like, if I'm going to be wa wasting my life, spending my life working, then it might as well be the same as my play. <laughs> then then life is good, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Um, and I think that's really important. And that links with, you know, in my prep for the show, 
I was looking at archetypes. So for me, you know, we started off with this thought of, you know, we know that identity drives behavior. Um, and it was kind of a, how's that linking and how does behavior drive identity? And so I kind of went the archetype route. So I didn't actually go and look at any of Jung's stuff. I actually went to Caroline, sorry, Caroline Miss. Um, and I picked up a couple of her books, particularly. And there was one which is, <laughs> I love it. So it's just called Archetypes and it's a beginner's guide to your inner net. I thought was very clever and in it she's what she's done is she's distilled kind of modern archetypes if you like Um, and each of these archetypes she's given a whole kind of list of things that are really useful so the archetype family that you fit in other expressions so you know like you were saying about for example being a teacher you might also be a caregiver or you might be a uh, a nurturer or what have you um And then she talks about things like your life journey. So what actually is your life journey? What's your life pattern? Your unique challenge. So i.e. if you're that particular identity or that particular archetype, what are the challenges that you might have um, through which you grow and you develop? Um, And then there's, there's a whole load of things, but including things like the behavior patterns and the characteristics. And it's just... I I just think it's really interesting. And then she's written a whole lot about all these different archetypes and recognizing if you're one and how to step into it. Um, Because sometimes I think, you know, we almost know our identity, but we don't know how to be who we are. And Caroline Miss's work, I think, really can help people bridge, make that, you know, bridge that gap, if you like. but yeah, so I shared that because you're saying obviously about, you know, that the environment and the people and the behaviours and and recognising who you are. And sometimes we think we are something and, and we're not, you know, yeah, no, we're, I mean, we're not that committed. I like the old archetypes as a, as the original stories for, you know, the, you know, of, of, of you know, well, there's lots of different archetypes and they're like the... The, the original um, model to which we're all sort of tied into and or copy, you know, they exist for you to learn from the sort of architect, I think. So, you know, I think that works. I think that plays into helping, um, you know, as you're strengthening your identity, you know, using archetypes to help you strengthen your identity um, within that archetype. Again, if it just then flows down, the neurological levels then you know so if you mm. self-identify in that space then okay well what do i need what do i need in place to help me be congruent throughout the all of my life so what skills what behaviors what values belief do i need to hold um because one of the ways of using that tool the neurological levels or logical levels is you know if you're using it in a sort of change work or coaching capacity you're able to see at what level people are stuck at and then help them at that level um and basically to get back congruent again and by addressing the part that's out of whack really um so for instance you know if it's at the how level capabilities well we can go on a course and learn the skill or get a mentor improve your capabilities at which then would bring everything back in line Mm. um and that sort of thing so i think it's it's 
So the journey that I've been on with it in its overall sense was, um, again, lining up where this work that I'm doing in relation to the podcast, how it relates to all of, um, you know, the space or the persona or the 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 person um, that I am. And I want to use the word sort of creating um, for this next sort of leg and or journey. And so hence I decided to start with what versus the sort of why. And because I wanted to, I really just wanted to tap into the effortlessness of, of, because I'm already doing stuff. So it was about understanding what is the stuff I'm doing and where does it then relate to on the other end um, versus if I start at, at the other end, the Y end, then I've got to go and try and ch change the things that I do and change habits and all that. So I kind of wanted to back end to it from what I already do so I didn't have to add anything. Mm. apart from searching to see where it kind of links up that's all um let's listen to time is the enemy by quantic and make notes and journal if you want to yeah it's a good song to do that too because time is your enemy <laughs>
So, is there a congruency? Is there a congruency between um, who you are and what you do right now? So, is your life in integrity? Ooh, well, um, I would say yes. And the bits that aren't I'm working on. And actually, that kind of came out um, as a result of a question you asked me on an earlier podcast, probably about six months ago, actually, maybe, in fact, around that spring equinox I was talking about at, at the beginning of the show. Um, but you were saying, you know, we were talking about values and uh, we obviously had a, a whole show kind of around this conversation, but in the middle, you, you know, you said, are you living according to your values? And actually there was one area where I really wasn't. So I have a, a very strong value of respect. Um, and sometimes that can actually be quite, I want to say stultifying. Um, sometimes it can be quite limiting, limiting because, you know, when you have such respect for other people, um, but actually the person I maybe wasn't respecting was myself or other people or particular other people. And I realized that there was a couple of people that I care for very deeply um, who I kind of wasn't holding in respect at that time. So that started me off on a journey and I, I was able to change that behavior instantly as soon as you made me aware of that um and then in the last six months i have been thinking okay so actually am i congruent you know do i share who i really am and and even conversations that we've had you know actually i think my you know, I mean, okay, I've, I've brought in archetypes, but I think even my shadow identity, if you like, or my shadow archetype has been at play. And I don't think I necessarily have been portraying actually the, the capable, um, intelligent woman that I believe that I am. So, so what, if yeah. I ask you, what do you do? What do you do? So I, my immediate response is, do you mean work-wise? Or yeah, do you mean yeah. all the different roles? No, yeah, work-wise, what do you do? Uh, I facilitate change. Okay, so you facilitate change, but no no label to that other than facilitate no, change. No, but yeah. you think about the difference between our our employment history, if you like, or or, or the success of our, our work in terms of maybe how many people we're working with or uh, whatever that may look like. Um, so when I sort of first started doing this on my own outside of being employed, so being self-employed, you know, I was talking about being a change agent and people had no clue what that meant. Now, on a one-to-one -one conversation, absolutely fine, because I could explain it in a way that resonated with that individual. Okay, so let me ask the question a different way then. What do you tell yourself then that you do? So you said so that I can understand it, you say you facilitate change, but I'm... Uh, no, no, that's, that's what I say. So I facilitate so change. you say to yourself, that's what you tell yourself that you are not... So pretend I didn't ask the question, how are you self-identifying? That's what I'm asking you. Mm. And that makes me smile at the moment because, of course, self-identification is very much uh, in the news and in the, the current world, um, but from a very different perspective. Yeah. So I, you know, and, and I actually... 
I struggle with this. I struggle with answering this question. I think, well, how do you identify yourself? So I'm a woman, I'm in my 50s. And, and this comes back to, you know, I can tell you the roles that I play, but can I tell you who I am? No, I'm a, you know, I'm a ball of flame and light and, you know, I turn up and change happens. Um, but is that my identity? Mm, meh, whatever. Yeah, and see, and that's kind of how I was, which is why I've gone on this journey because I I think there needs to be um, there needs to be a congruency to help out on the capability and the behaviour side. So, um, just as um, well, I just kind of lost the thought a little bit. So, for clarity, if we talk about mental clarity on the show as well, so if you don't have mental clarity then you know there's stuff and we're doing stuff and you're going to do stuff because you wake up and you, you know whatever's going on is happening but can you be intentional without clarity um and so when i so for me this is why i've been going on this because i was like you know i want to have absolute clarity i'm not saying that i'm in a box and i can never be anything else what i'm saying for myself in terms of the self-identifying is so that one, I could be crystal clear about what that is so that I can be crystal clear about the things that I create and so that it kind of all hinges together um, and satisfies both ends of the equation, satisfies, um, you know, the person looking this way towards me and then me looking out and providing um, stuff for a structure for myself. And I know you, you know, I hardly ever really use the word structure for self for me, um, mm. but it it provides that it provides like if I'm painting, painting has a certain um, things that need to happen and elements that need to. Um, so if you wanted to create a harmonious picture, anyway, something that you know, if you're not trying, trying to create chaos and disturbance in people, um, you know, there's a, a certain set of structure and rules that kind of kind of go with that. And so, in essence, you know, to make the things that I want to happen, that I needed that that clarity. Um, which you know, you held up a card a moment ago about seeker. Now, mm. you know, there was a you know, I strongly identify with that as an archetype, as a seeker, and it, my natural thing is I just like seeking for stuff for its own sake. That I don't have to have a purpose. So I got all these books in this room. Um, and there's no connection between them other than the fact that they're all books, you know. So it's not like a whole bunch of books on, you know, on some narrow topics um, because I want to be an expert in something. Um, I've got so many different kinds of books because I didn't want to be an expert in anything. I just wanted to know everything. Um, and the more that I could know, the more happier I was about everything, not just a thing. Um so yeah, so yeah, no, I get, no, I get that where you, what you're saying is, in, you know, yeah. So, so that's why I was doing what I'm doing. Um, is I didn't want to be in that space anymore because of what I'm trying to create and to bring mm. into fruition, and because we don't have, you know, time is finite for everyone. So again, this helps with putting all those pieces so that they line up so that I can release any conflict um, with 
things around me and what I'm doing and with others so I could re- re- eliminate that conflict because it becomes one and the same. Um, and there's a congruency then there. So that's really interesting. As you were talking, I mean, a variety of things have, have gone through my head, but what you were saying about releasing any conflict kind of came as I was listening to you and I was thinking, well, in a way, this is how this podcast came about in that I felt I had no identity. I had no clear identity. So I was a mother, I was a wife, I'm uh, I'm a, a carer, I'm um, kind of run my own business, you know, and all of these things, maybe a friend, you know, and kind of all of these things were, were roles that I was playing, but there was no clear congruence of who Naomi was in the middle of all of that. And I kind of see it a bit like, um, almost like sort of a very, uh, I've forgotten the word, it's a maths phrase where you've got circles going round and they overlap. Concentric circles or a Venn diagram. Venn diagram, that's it. And it's kind of like, um, you know, a, a flower, a child might draw a flower and you have the circle in the middle and then you have, you know, well, I would say five, but in my case, it's about 15 petals going round and then this Venn diagram. So people... You know, and when I'm teaching, certainly from the well-being side, I quite often talk about a diamond and you can see the different facets of the diamond. It's the same diamond, but seen from those different angles. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person to to use that analogy. Um, but in all of that, it was, you know, you were talking about releasing the conflict. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, this is kind of me fighting to find out who I am because I've lost me in the process. Um, and I, I just picking back up on the point where you started on this, you know, when you don't know who you are anymore because you've been playing roles for so long that you have forgotten who is you and actually how, and, and this is grammatically incorrect, but how you be, how do I be me? What is it that I do to be me? Um, when you have that, you have no strong core. You've got nothing to tether yourself to. You've got no clear compass to guide you. And you are completely adrift. Well, that was everything that was kind of going on for me, even though I was doing what I was doing and, and living, you know, and existing on a day-to-day basis. Um, and that's where partly where the wisdom experience originated from was that journey that I'd, if I say been on, that sounds like I'd finished it. I, I think this is a never-ending journey. But it was about creating a place where people could come and experience their own wisdom, where they could have conversations that allow them to reveal to themselves who they are, that they could have experiences, whether it's doing their journaling, whether it's working with a coach, whether it's reading a book, whether it's listening to a song, whether it's going to work every day and thinking, you know what, if I just changed my mindset or or even if I just changed which cubicle I go for a wee in, is this going to change my identity? How will this behavior affect me? And will it help me reveal to myself who I really am? Yeah, and I, I, so I, I know that my journey is into that space because I firmly know who I am. Um, so I've got a complete concept of what that is. Um, so, you know, I don't have that conversation that floats around. So this is more about, for me, in this particular stage and entity that I'm in, 
Um, it's knowing what I want to create and now creating the persona around that to make the thing come to its fruition. So if you're creating the persona around that, yeah, that, and I know that that's the, the restriction, if you like, that language imposes, because that almost sounds artificial. And well, I, I know no, that's... It's, it's, no, it is 100%. Well, I know artificial. that you're really authentic with what you're doing. Yeah. You're, you completely are not just committed, but, you know, it, it's from, it is from every cell of your being. But because the, the belief for me is that identities don't... I mean, we're an infinite kind of being. So before I was a fighting of and trying to make everybody you know, be, see how I see the world. So, um, so I'm not attached to an identity. So my attach, I'm not attached to it. Hence why I can change it. Now I'm not saying that I want to go off and pretend I'm somebody to you that I'm not. What I'm saying is I know what I want to create. Hence why I need to create the persona. Hence why the logical levels work, because then I can say, okay, well, if that's the, persona that i'm creating for this thing then what are the capabilities that i need to have what are the um you know behaviors then that i need to exhibit in practice so that that identity remains congruent and it is authentic in its congruency um and so that's where that is so it's almost you know for me it's two sep that's another conversation on the who am i um yeah is the that... who am i being the question of identity i suppose or is it so what yeah. do you know we didn't even start off with this and, and you know me normally i like to start with a dictionary definition but we didn't tonight who am i you know what do we mean by identity is it who am i or is it what am i it's probably a little bit of both if you're looking at okay if we're looking at the neurological levels it's all those it's a who it's a what um that makes up the sort of and uh, above that if you're looking at the super person um there's even more uh of you than the other things that sort of sit sort of below that um and i was looking at some stuff i'm doing with the um equity equality diversity and inclusion mm. and we're looking at intersectionality uh, and there's a concept there on identity, but it looks at the subcategories of identity, age, race, socioeconomic background, your politics, um, you know, your sexual orientation, your marital status, all those things go up to make up your identity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they all play a, a, a sort of part into that. Um, so, yeah, I think the uh, identity is a who and a, what uh in that but then aren't the behaviors the what or again is this coming back to venn diagram time yeah well i think so from a from a macro level it's a who and a what so what is a human being what is a person it's that thing so what is a person so what is an identity um and then it is the why aspect of identity and then if i'm thinking I mean, we're using the same adjectives, behaviors, the things, you know, the do, values, why you're doing what you're doing. So they're, they're fixed. So the, the, the sort of, I guess, the what and the how um, are fixed to the idea of that uh, 
um, you know, why you do what you do aspect versus what are you, <laughs> and then asking the question in that sort of sense. So it's almost mixing the, um, the I don't know, is that the right word? The natural and then the supernatural, the 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 spiritual bit with mm. with this because I think the spirituality opens up a different aspect of but that's when the uh, what am I comes into the fold I think when you you know when you when we go up to the level and we start to look at spirituality so you know what am I am I a, a energy am I an a angel that's incarnate am I a, you know an infinite being or am I a, or, you know, am I just, all of us, you know, that whole you are me and I am you is actually, there's only a singular entity, but we've divided ourselves into a billion people just because mm-hmm. we, we were bored. I mean, that's a whole nother level of discussion. Well, that um, links with the Kabbalah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. go on. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's, a, I mean, that would be, for me, that would be a whole other topic. If yeah, yeah, it is. Absolutely. That, yeah, yeah. In that sort of space, uh, which is why I said on the neurological levels when we were looking at it in the beginning that they added that other bit to the triangle, but we were just going to stop at the, okay. at the, at the, just the normal identity human <laughs> space. Cause I think that, I mean, I love to explore this or the awareness of, of a greater self or a greater entity. Um, if there is a fact is one, um, from that space and time yes uh, you know i mean i think definitely and and there's just i have so many kind of thoughts bubbling um and i think it kind of it almost comes down and it doesn't come down to so sometimes when i get too lost in these kind of philosophical thoughts and and i start to feel untethered or i start to feel ungrounded or spaced out from reality um, in a variety of ways, then I kind of go, okay, so what's actually relevant here? What's really important? And then this is when I would look at the identity and the behavior question on a much more practical level, if you like. So that almost applied, I would say applied wisdom. I'm not necessarily sure it's even wisdom, but, you know, I I think as, as you're growing up, you, you have an identity that's that's kind of given to you. So if you think about school, you know, we all know, oh, he's the clever one or she's the cheeky one or she's the pretty one or he's the good looking one or he's the athlete, she's the, you get the idea. So label, that's the kicker guard one. You're labeling it me. You is, right, one. exactly. So, oh, exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure that it negates people, but I think what it does is it takes an aspect of their because uh, it negates the totality of who they absolutely. are. Absolutely. And because, that, that I completely agree with. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't and, negate them as a human being. It negates the capacity to be not just a cheeky person, but a person with lots of aspects of themselves. Absolutely. But like you're saying, if you label me as cheeky, then that's identity you give me. Then, you know, I look to conform to that identity because I want approval. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and not everybody wants approval, I get that, but actually most of us do because that's the society do, that we're yeah. we're growing it's a up. Rare in. breed that doesn't. Exactly. Exactly. Because we're um, a herd herd animal, aren't we? I mean, so most of us are seeking the, you know, yeah, some form of approval and recognition of some sort or another. 
which I think probably comes back down to, you know, that whole the, the, the belief that, um, you know, the subconscious mind is how we perform or how, how we are in the first seven years and everything that we soak in then is then inside the subconscious mind. There is no conscious mind until that point. And, and that's when I think we take in sort of, well, actually we watch, we take in what's going on around us maybe, um, or we hear what people say to us. And then that develops into our identity, whether or not that is who we were, you know, someone's seen us at, at a particular time. In fact, actually, so we, you know, we got a particular type of dog earlier this year. And when I was reading about the breed ahead of getting the dog, I was thinking as I was reading, gosh, I'm already putting kind of a personality or characteristics onto this dog. And it was supposedly sort of a, a one-man dog. And then when it came and I thought, yes, it's definitely, it's a one-man dog, you know, is it going to be mine or is it going to be my husband's or is it going to be the boy's? And then I thought, no, hang on a minute. It doesn't have to be. We can all interact with this, you know, with the puppy, with this dog in the way that we want to. And I'm sure he can kind of cope with all of us because he's an intelligent dog. I've gone off the track a little bit, but just hopefully giving some ideas of things for people to think about. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you, when you, when you get to that point where you're, you know, wanting to unpack the identity that you were given by others, because now you're going on that inward journey of individuation that Jung talks about, um, you know, there's a journey, there's a journey to unpick all of that, um, the imprinting that you got. Timothy Leary talks about the whole sort of imprint aspect that you mentioned about, you know, show me the person at seven and I'll show you the man or the woman, you know, so all that imprinting that takes place in the first seven years is against your will, basically, um, is what your parents and <sighs> yeah, it's against your will because no, you have no idea. <sighs> Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's against your will. It's Just against your, I, I didn't you're not aware one. of it. That doesn't mean that it's against your will. You don't think I was? I, no, I had no choice in the matter. So how was my will involved in that? So I didn't get to pick my name. I didn't get to choose how I wanted to be. I didn't get to choose my values. They're so, all imposed on me. But so I, I kind of have to have a. Uh, yeah, I have a different view. So mm. when I was carrying my babies, I chose their names with my husband according to, uh, and I can't explain it, but this was probably when my spirituality journey really started um, or, or certainly came more into being. I'd probably been dabbling really for maybe five or seven years at that point. But when I was pregnant, like, you know, for example, when I had my, when I was pregnant with my second son, you know, we knew that both of them were boys. We didn't know from the scans, but we just knew they were both boys. And I knew that my second son needed his own identity, which is why we found an old English surname that had no relevance to anything and or anyone. At what point in that conversation did he participate in well, the it, of that name. <laughs> he was an embryo at the time, yeah, well, but yeah. he's he loves the fact that we did that, you know, well, because it's it allowing now. him to be who he is. And he gets to get the approval of mom and dad by saying that he loves it and the like. So, of course, I mean, not uh, so not overtly, unconsciously. So, so if, he, if he's we, a human, we, yeah, if he's we a can human, never prove that one way or the other. Yeah, if he's a human being, 
then that is a dynamic that is playing of the approval of mom and dad. So is that because yeah. I was curious about this, because when I was thinking about this for you and the subconscious and, and wanting to please, um, and you are not that I would say you're very much outside of that, whether or not that's 100% true, I don't not know. 100% true. I'm a right. total praise monkey. Because I grew up with a, I grew up with a mom that who was you know you had to be the best at everything so I had to excel I had to you know excel you got to be the best at everything wasn't allowed to quit things I had to if I was going to participate in it, then I had to be the best and of course you want to get the approval of your your mom and dad so I but in the but, way you talk you never ever indicate that you're looking for approval. I know because I've come to understand, I've come to understand in my journey why I do the things that I do and where it came from. You know, I think we talked about the breadcrumb, but only because I'm aware that some of the underlying drivers of motivation, if you peel it right way back where it came from, um, was from that very beginning of imprinting of you've got to do this and you've got to be this and um, you know, even my relationship with other people, as in don't rely on anybody but yourself. You can't mm. depend on uh, even me. So all, you know, all those things are, you know, grounded into me. I've become aware of them and I understand when when they show themselves and play themselves out. I mean, even in our relationship, you know, so I know that you are a busy person, but when I do the sort of the stuff that I'm doing in the background or I text you and I don't hear a reply forever, then it's like, you know, why am I doing what am I doing? Because she's obviously not aware of what I'm doing or doesn't care what I'm doing. But that's the kind of conversation that kind of goes on. But I'm aware of that that happens. Um, but and, and where it comes from. So, yeah, I'm a total praise monkey. And, and, okay. so, and for instance, even like, like if you weren't doing this podcast, it would be easy for me to give it up. So I do what I do because of you. If it was just to my own device, I would just go do something else or do other things. Um, it's like having a lifting partner. You know, you work harder because you're doing it and you don't miss the gym because you're, even when you don't feel like going, you don't want to let your buddy down. So, you know, doing this podcast in collaboration, I don't want to let, you down and so it's like okay yeah so do push go and um, take you out of the equation and it's like all right well um i can move happily move on to you know something else and do some other things um so yeah it, it still plays i'm just i just happen to be aware of it and <laughs> i know the forces that operate um within that Okay, so so just to, I mean, hopefully you've seen, because actually in the last week, there are at least two messages where I have specifically said, I am really grateful for what you do, because, you know, yeah, I mean, it, I, But those, but that's another thing that's interesting. So those go right by me. I don't, I don't like those ones. So that's a whole other thing. So what do I need to do? Yeah. So so let's get this recorded. I am incredibly <laughs> grateful for what yeah, you do. Yeah, but see, I don't need that bit. I just so, need to, it's more that, you know, oh, yeah, that was cool or whatever. I don't know. It's, but, like, the, I guess maybe grateful is a, I don't want you to be grateful. I just want you to, you know, be so, 
a part of the game. (laughs) Which I'm trying. I'm really trying to do. Um, Um, And likewise, I'm kind of almost only doing this because because you're doing this. And so together we're doing this. Um, I love doing it. But equally, if we didn't do it, of course, I would find something else to do. In fact, you know, it would make life easier. But the fact that we've committed means that, you know, we do turn up week in, week out. And I I know we took the summer off. um, But absolutely. But no, like, think about, well, think about it, you don't need to think about it. But very, very clearly, you know, you do all the technological side, I struggle, I mean, even tonight, you know, my laptops playing up, it doesn't matter how carefully I expect my laptop and how much I spent on it, it still doesn't work the way I'm expecting it to. Mm. So, to take that further, you know, I couldn't do the technological side, you get it up, you make it happen. And that's great because actually what I've been doing for the last two years, I kind of look back and I realized is that I am not reinventing my identity because actually I, I see now very much where my identity is, but I have been refinding myself within that. You know, my boys are getting older. It's a really interesting phase that I'm in literally right now. They need me less, but they need me more at the same time. So I'm physically parent taxi, you know, like I said, at the, I think it was at the beginning, you know, I'm obviously still doing the school run. Um, I'm still, I'm taking, you know, one of them to a part-time job, you know, kind of at the weekends now, I'm, it feels like all I'm doing is, is driving around. Yeah, no, we know that phase. I've been, I lived through that. Exactly. That so it's physically time chunks, but it's also gifting me a fantastic opportunity to evolve my relationship with my boys um, and to evolve my relationship with myself. Who am I now? What do I want to do now? How am I going to spend, you know, kind of the next, and and in my head, I've kind of got the next five to 10 years, you know, into my sixties. And I, you know, and it's coming, it's coming really soon because at some point my youngest is going to learn to drive and get his own car. And suddenly I'm going to have another 12 hours a week. And I kind of went, well, 14 hours now. And I thought, okay, so what does that mean? And one of the archetypes was uh, an athlete. And that's a person who basically explores the world through their body and what they can do with their body. And I looked at that and I thought, I'd really love it if that was the case, but it is so not me. You know, Mm. I love my body, but you know, it's not me, but it made me think of you because obviously talk about the gym and so on and so forth so yeah so i'm very i i enjoy what we do together i find value in it and i definitely couldn't do it without you well you could do it without me because <laughs> all it means you would have to do is just learn the things that you need to learn um, I'm so, not yeah. motivated to do that because that's yeah, well, the technological that's a, that's, side. But that's a whole other thing. I know that you're <laughs> capable of doing it. Um, so, well. yeah, I don't buy it that space. But, yeah, so okay. anyway, but that came into this. I mean, the whole point of that segment there was the fact that, you know, yeah, I think we kind of got into that aspect as in your identity is imposed upon you and it's against your will or it's not part of your, you don't have any say in it. You know, it's just on you. Um, because you don't get to participate, but you've got to spend a lifetime unpacking it 
Um, mm. And getting thrust into other identities along the way. Yeah, you know, I never wanted yeah. to be a carer. In fact, I expressly did not want to be a carer. Mm. Um, but here I am, and I'm gonna be a carer probably for the rest of my life. And this is this is so. And this is glad you just said that because partly this exercise that I've been doing over the last week is why I've been observing what are all the things that I do. And then how do I package all of those things up so that I wouldn't say that thing, that I didn't want to be this thing, that it's all one one package. And so therefore, when this comes, then it's like, oh, I can approach that thing with joy um, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a part of the gig. Um, it might not be fun, but it's part of the gig. So now I'm, I'm happy. So I've been, that's the sculpting that I've been doing um, is is yeah that's just, i'm gonna go to a song and we'll come back uh, and we'll get ready to wrap this up and i'll 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 reveal to everyone my current list of self-identified spaces and maybe but probably not i'll go into what this what behavior that it or is it triggers or covers and, but this is a song from Blue Foundation called Grand.
All right. That was uh, Blue Foundation. Grand. All right. So um, I think it's about time to get ready to wrap this up. Um, I said I would reveal my current list of my self-identity pieces. And and these are labels. Um, and they're labeled personal growth microblogger and content creator. So that fuels the... Um, it fuels the type of writing that I do in the form that it, it does take and the fact that I need to be writing and creating or otherwise I can't have the label. So it fuels that behavior. Um, coach, facilitator, trainer, those have stayed the same because, you know, I do those every day. Today I probably did. I didn't do any training today. Did I do any training today? No. But I was coaching and facilitating today, but didn't do any training, but that's fine. Uh, learning experience designer, um, which is a new name, I guess, for the evolved name from instructional designer, which I do do a lot of design and of programs. But now move that's moving that on to creating experience, learning experiences, not just training programs. Uh, so that encompasses digital and in-person and social learning and just the whole gambit of that whole learning journey. Um, and then of course, consultant that hasn't changed. That just one of the aspect of the things that I do. So um, the newest one on the list is that one at the top. That whole sort of personal growth microblogger and content creator, because it's it's the now label to cover my online activity. Um, yeah. So those are that's my current list of empowering self identity pieces. I like that. The fact that you put the, t the term empowering or the, the word empowering there. So you're empowering self-identification. That's good. I like that. Yeah. So inform what I do. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. So this idea, I think we started. Although, yeah, I'm sorry. I've kind of just got to, because we did talk before about Seeker. Um, yeah. So actually, all of those are very, if I say output focused, they're actually very work focused. So even though, you know, what you're blogging about and creating content on is personal growth, you're, and I know that quite often you share with us what you're going through personally or what you're questioning personally, but actually those three, I would say are all very, all of you know, them the are outward out looking. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. So where's your seeker identity gone where's your spirituality where's Have your gone. so they are they are i guess how you could look at it either way if you want to look at it at the top of the logical levels and or maslow's triangle then that's the super bit and they're in place and i don't need to work on them or you can look at the other way um that they are the base that informs the big eye in that space so I don't, I'm not, so I'm not in the space to figure out who I am. Mm. I'm not in the space. So I think like the seeker would be that other level, that level of the, of my spiritual driver or the, you know, that other, that, the thing who, the who, the who that are, the you that you are, you know, that, yeah, the big I, I guess would be it. So yeah, I think that would be another conversation, which, yeah, if we wanted to talk 
you know, those aspects, the seeker and those things, but they will be, um, they're like the color of my skin, if you see what I mean. So it's just there, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. So the seeker bit is so just... So fully integrated yeah. that it's, it literally, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's through every pore it'll of your inform, being. Yeah, it'll inform all those sorts of things. So those are 100% very much um, an outward focus, outcome okay. focused um, pieces. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah, so there you have it. That's the idea here. So in summary, I'm thinking, you know, as we started this out with this idea of, you know, do you start with why or what? And I think that very much depends on where your level of development is. I think the Simon Sinek's golden circle concept works if you are established and now you're just trying to orient yourself in terms of how you present yourself to um, the outside world. So, yes, start with the why so that, you know, people will buy into what you do um, because of your why, your purpose that you're driving from. But if you don't have that, if you're starting from a place of, of you know, well, well, where am I in time and space, then maybe starting with what? taking a look at what you do, um, what you do on a consistent basis, what do you do as a natural course of you breathing through each day, and what are those things, uh, and connect up the dots then to see what if that can inform what um, identity label that you could put on top of that so then you can look at what capabilities and the skills you need to so they then further develop that um, particular brand of who you might self-identify at that point in time um yeah so it's been a, it's been useful for me um to go through that exercise mm. um and to take that particular you know contemplate those things which i've been doing I've probably been doing that over the last several coffee mornings. Yeah, that's mm. probably been on my mind the last, at least within the last couple of weeks. So, uh, and kind of when I'm at the gym, continues to has been continuing to sort of evolve and inform itself. Um, so it's been it's been good, and now I can put them as we said last week with contemplations about then turn it into action. So hence that current list. So now I can turn that into action. Um, and then, yeah, all the stuff kind of falls out of that, which is a good insight of you seeing the whole that they're outcome focused because it is 100% that in this instance because mm. um, that's the level that I was working at. Brilliant. Parts and thoughts from you? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously still very much in that reflection mode. Um and so always interesting to hear where you're at and your kind of progress and process. Um, yeah, it's, it's curious. You know, there are times, so I'm very much that kind of teacher archetype, which I actually don't like to be. Um, and I go through phases where I really wish I wasn't. Um, and that's usually when I'm not giving myself enough space enough sense of self-worth so I'm kind of curious and I I almost might 
play a bit with it. And and this plays into the caregiver, I can't speak caregiver archetype as well. Um, so it's that, yeah, I'm, I think I might play almost with being different archetypes and actually actively consciously taking on different behavioral characteristics and kind of see what that, what that does and what, you know, how that turns out. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a bit of a longer experiment really. Cool. And put on the list um, of topics to cover uh, biohacking. Oh yeah. You mentioned mind hacking at the beginning and then we didn't kind of talk about it. And biohacking. Yeah. So that would be really interesting because I have a bit of an aversion to the fact that we use the word hacking in those terms. Um, yeah. It's so, just yeah. from computers is all. Okay. Yeah. It's an ethos, which you would actually, once you find, once you, once you delve into what the ethos of the hacker is, you would see how it totally fits with personal development. Which is a great example of not taking something at face value and, and yeah. going that bit deeper. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Noted. Yes. Okay. Um, so some things for listeners, a couple of things. If you made it this far and you're into this part of the podcast, which I guess we should probably say it in the middle and in the beginning as well, <laughs> uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, the links will be in the show notes. So make sure you subscribe and then you get it directly. Um, it's a more intimate way for us to connect with and communicate with the audience. Um, or, you know, if that's not your thing, you can go to our Twitter at digital.com. Um, if you're into Tumblr, you can go to digital.com blog there on the Tumblr uh, to find us and hang out with us on those particular spaces. I think we got an email somewhere, but I have to dig it up and we can put it into the uh, show notes. And. Yeah, and just text us, tweet us, or, or, you know, DM us any questions or thoughts or anything that you want to add um, to the conversation or anything particular that you would like us to discuss or hear us discuss and or talk about in terms of a, a topic. But definitely subscribe and get your friends to subscribe too. Mm. That'd be even better. Like, subscribe and share. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll leave you with one last song. Um, and this one's called uh, Seize the Day by a favorite of the podcast, Mr. Wax Taylor. Oh, I beg your pardon, ladies and gentlemen. I, I did not know that you were waiting for me. <laughs>
one other thing um, that I forgot to mention is that if you're listening to this version, this is on the mixcloud.com uh, slash uh, digital.com, but there will be a non-music version of this, which you'll get a link to if you subscribe um, via the subscription link to the podcast. You'll get to hear the non-music version. And there's also, of course, the link to just the playlist, isn't there, which we have on Spotify, is that right? Yeah, so that'll be in the newsletter as well. Um, Brilliant. If you want that. And I think that's really helpful for people because, you know, you might not want to listen to the words again, but but the music clay is particularly chosen so that you can kind of almost have a, a background that might prompt you to thinking, but actually allows you to think. So the, the playlists I find personally um, really, really helpful in my own personal development. There you go. All right. That's it. That's us. So next week, be good, be kind. Peace. Be wise. <laughs>